Hello and welcome to this reading from the April 24th to May 1st issue of Time magazine. And I'll be finishing the annual list of the world's 100 most influential people, which is broken down into six categories. Artists, titans, pioneers, leaders, innovators, and icons. So today I'll be finishing up with short articles about leaders, innovators, and icons. My name is Nancy Porter, and I need to remind you that you are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers, and no unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Okay, let's start with the leaders. Number one, Olena Zelenska, A Light for Ukraine, by Jill Biden, First Lady of the United States. A writer who worked behind the scenes, she never asked for a spotlight. Mother of two, she never asked to become the heart of a nation at war. Olena Zelenska didn't expect to become a warrior for the people of Ukraine, but she has answered this call with selfless courage. I met the First Lady last Mother's Day in a small town near the edge of her country, just a few months after Russia's unprovoked war of aggression began. Instinctively, we embraced. Two mothers, two nations, coming together for peace. In the strain of her smile, I could see the weight she carried, the sleep lost to the percussion of falling bombs, the tales of atrocities that she would never forget. In her eyes, however, was the fierce determination and dignity that has defined her people. She could take her family and flee. What mother would blame her? Yet she stays. She stays because freedom and democracy deserve defenders. She stays to show the world that heart and hope can make even the largest tyrant seem small. She stays for her children, for their future and the future of all Ukrainians. Olena Zelenska is a mother, protector, the pride of her nation, a beacon for the hope of the people she loves. Number two, Gustavo Petro, Setting a New Course by Gabriel Boric, President of Chile. When Gustavo Pedro assumed the presidency of Colombia in August of 2022, I was lucky enough to be there to see the streets of Bogota full of people and of hope. Gustavo, the leader of a historic political coalition, has built an ambitious and transformative program. With the pragmatism required to exercise power, he has built broad alliances that allow him to dialogue with most of the democratic forces in his country. His North Star is deepening Colombia's peace plan, using all of the knowledge gained in recent years in a territory that was besieged by violence for far too long. Along with rebuilding Latin American unity beyond rhetoric, a goal we share, Gustavo also dares to speak about complex issues like the failure and the anti-drug policy championed by the U.S. and the need to overhaul it the fair distribution of wealth in his country and in the world, and the imperative to care for the environment in the context of a global climate crisis. He is a leader who makes difficult decisions and learns fast. I deeply respect him and the projects he embodies. Number three, Festager. Taking on Big Tech by Ayesha Jaev, Times Senior Editor. Known as the EU's digital czar, 
Margrethe Vestager has taken on tech giants Alphabet, Amazon, April, and Meta since becoming European Commissioner for Competition in 2014. Operating far from Silicon Valley, Vestager is leading the global crackdown on the market power of big tech companies. Her investigations have resulted in large fines for some, as well as stricter rules. In September, Vestager and the European Commission won a historic battle with Alphabet-owned Google, resulting in a record 4.125 billion euros, that translates to $4.5 billion, fine relating to abuses in the mobile market, which ended up in the European Union General Court. Now she faces resistance from some of the biggest U.S. companies as the European Union pushes through rules for reporting foreign subsidies. She may also soon have some new targets in her sight. She has her eye on competition in the metaverse and has urged an agreement on setting guardrails for artificial intelligence. This was by uh, Aisha Javed, a Time senior editor. Number four. Maria Herrera Magdaleno, Voice for the Missing, by Ciara Nugent, Time Staff Writer. Mexican activist Maria Herrera Magdaleno, age 73, helps lead a thousand-strong movement that no one wants to join. Four of her eight children, Jesus Salvador, Raul, Ruiz Armando, and Gustavo, have been missing for over a decade. They are among the more than 111,000 people currently missing in Mexico, amid endemic violence sown by drug cartels. When Herrera's appeal for help from the Mexican justice system bore little fruit, a common experience in a country where police lack the resources to deal with their massive caseload and are known to collude with organized crime groups, she joined a movement of families taking the search into their own hands. Known affectionately as Doña Marie, she helped found a 2014 national network of local collectives that teach people how to investigate a loved one's disappearance. In May 2022, she met with Pope Francis, and in November, she sued the Mexican state in the Inter-American Court of Human Rights for its failure to investigate her son's disappearances. Human rights advocates say such efforts are piling pressure on Mexico's leaders to respond to the crisis. Number five, Mitch O'Connell, Dealmaker, by Bill Frist, former U.S. Senate Majority Leader. Mitch McConnell this year became the longest-serving Senate leader of either party in history, and for a reason. He leads exceptionally every two years overwhelmingly affirmed by his colleagues. My perspective is colored by the four years he served as whip when I was leader. Every day I saw his style. Leadership within, with clarity, uncanny command of persuasion, and unwavering conviction anchored in Republican principles. His mastery of Senate rules is legendary, and his transformation of the federal judiciary is widely known. But what most might not see is his willingness to negotiate and achieve a greater good by working with the other side. In the past year, he led bipartisan efforts to find and secure funding for the war in Ukraine 
and President Biden told him the massive bipartisan infrastructure law of 2021 would not have happened without your hand. Mitch knows when and how to cut a deal. Number six, Sherry Raymond, Fair Play by Jennifer Morgan, Germany's State Secretary and Special Envoy for International Climate Action. There are many terrible sides to the climate crisis, but one of the most distressing is that it is hitting hardest those countries that are least responsible for it. Pakistan is responsible for only a fraction of global emissions, but the climate crisis led to more than a third of the country being flooded last year. The water had not yet fully receded when Sherry Raymond arrived in Egypt for COP27, the UN climate summit, in November. There, as Pakistan's Minister for Climate Change, she gave a voice to those who had lost everything to the floods. Through impassioned speeches and tireless engagement in negotiations, she convinced many of the delegates that the blatant injustice must come to an end. COP27 ended with a historic decision. The world community agreed for the first time to establish new loss and damage funding arrangements to support the most vulnerable countries. This is a big step toward climate justice, but we still have a long way to go. We will need more people like Sherry Raymond along the way. Number seven, Ahmed Tinubu, Kingmaker to King, by Asta Rajvanshi, Times staff writer. Winning an election in Africa's most populous country is no easy feat. But Nigeria's newly elected president, Bola Ahmed Tinubu, has had nearly two decades to prepare. Called Jagaban, or leader of the warriors, by his supporters, the now 70-year-old ran in a presidential election for the first time this March. His campaign slogan was, It's my turn, and it was a nod to his role as a longtime political power broker. Tinubu helped restore the country's democracy in 1999 after fighting military rule and then served two consecutive terms as governor of Lagos. But Tinubu's win with the ruling All Progressives Congress Party came in a fraught election and by a slim margin over Atiku Abubakar and Peter Obi. It was the first time Nigerian voters contended with a third-party candidate, and many discontented young Nigerians yearning for change pinned their hopes on Obi. Marred by allegations of intimidation and vote-rigging, the outcome of the ballot is being challenged in court. Tinubu now faces a litany of crises in a fractured nation, including deep-rooted corruption. Excuse me, let's start that over again. Tinubu now faces a litany of crises in a fractured nation, including deep-rooted corruption, religious insurgencies, and shortages of cash, fuel, and power in a crumbling economy. But the president-elect seems aware of his inheritance. Nigeria is one country, and we must build it together, he said in his acceptance speech. Number eight, 
Evan Gerskovich, Reporting the Truth by Simon Schuster, Times Senior Correspondent. Under Vladimir Putin, reporters have been jailed, beaten in the streets, and murdered. In March, the Kremlin opened another front in its war on the press by charging Evan Gerskovich, a respected reporter for the Wall Street Journal, with espionage. He faces up to 20 years in prison. The American son of Soviet emigres, Gershkovich understood the risks of reporting on Russia. He described it in July as a regular practice of watching people you know get locked away for years. The Russian invasion Ukraine was in its sixth month by then, and most independent media had fled Moscow to avoid a wave of wartime persecution. Gershkovich decided not to move away, a risk fewer journalists will take with his arrest. Gershkovich's case already resembles a hostage crisis. Putin might use it to squeeze concessions from the United States. And if one result is further isolation of his country, that might suit him just fine. The fewer journalists there are like Gershkovich in Russia, the more freedom Putin gets to rule by lies. Number nine, Janet Yellen, A Steady Hand, by Lawrence Summers, professor and former U.S. Treasury Secretary. No one else has ever been better prepared to lead the United States' response to a financial crisis than Janet Yellen. The only person in history to serve as the president's chief economic advisor, the vice chair and chair of the Federal Reserve, and secretary of the Treasury, Yellen has been at the center of the financial universe for a generation. Her integrity and analytical acumen are universally admired. With the country facing the perils of inflation, recession, a possible federal default, and a metastasizing banking crisis, the success of the Biden presidency and America's place in the world rest on her policy judgments. The actions taken by the U.S. financial authorities with Yellen's leadership in the wake of Silicon Valley Bank's collapse in early March have brought stability and prevented bank runs. It's clear that Treasury Secretary Yellen has made and will make much more history. Number 10, Hakeem Jeffries, Taking the Helm by Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Emerita of the House of Representatives. Hakeem Jeffries became Democratic leader with the enthusiastic unified support of House Democrats. With his rousing opening remarks on the House floor, that support caught fire with Democrats and others across the country. Every day, Hakeem leads with his values and vision, his knowledge and strategic thinking, always putting people over politics. In becoming the first ever black congressional leader, Hakeem has made history. Under his leadership, Democrats will make progress. Leader Jeffries is already doing a terrific job in the fight for democratic values and against Republican extremism. The challenge is great, but I know the job. I know Hakeem, and I know he will succeed. Leader Jeffries is a person of faith, patriotism, and respect 
for the oath we take to protect and defend our Constitution. Our entire country will benefit from his new leadership, and one day very soon, he will be an excellent Speaker of the House. Number 11, Samuel Alito, Rolling Back Abortion Rights, by Tessa Berenson Rogers, a Time Editor. In June 2022, the conservative legal movement's half-century-long project to overturn Roe v. Wade was completed with a, st with a stroke of Samuel Alito's pen. It was no accident that Alito, a Catholic stalwart of the Supreme Court's right flank since George Bush's presidency, was chosen to write the majority opinion in the decision that rolled back abortion rights nationwide and reshaped reproductive health care in the United States. His Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization decision, which leaked in a stunning breach of Supreme Court protocol weeks before the official release, is strident and self-assured, declaring Roe egregiously wrong and comparing it to the infamous case that established the separate but equal segregation doctrine. Abortion has been thrown back into the political arena, and a new generation of women are fighting the same reproductive rights battles their grandmothers once did. Alito has been on the Supreme Court for 17 years, but in 2022, he cemented his legacy. Number 12, Olaf Scholz, Pivoting Germany, by Yasmin Sirhan, Time Senior Staff Writer. When Chancellor Olaf Scholz declared the Russian invasion of Ukraine a Zeitenwende, an, an epical turning point, he pledged that Germany would rise to the occasion. Though Berlin's response hasn't always been as quick as many of its allies would like, Scholz has begun to deliver. In the space of a year, Germany overturned its post-war pacifism, ramping up its military spending, albeit by a fraction of what was pledged, and becoming one of Ukraine's biggest arms suppliers. It also ended its reliance on Russian energy, and after international presser, sent covetous, coveted Leopard 2 battle tanks to Kiev. Delays that critics regard as needless hesitation are seen by others as due caution in a nation still scarred by its own history of wartime aggression. Living in Germany, you can't go away from the disasters of the first half of the 20th century, which were caused by Germany, Scholz told Time magazine in 2022. It is in all the things we do politically, and it is in my mind, too, because we have a historic responsibility to help secure Peace. Number 13, Alexandra Makvilchuk, Recording War Crimes, by Hillary Rodham Clinton, former U.S. Senator and Secretary of State. A renowned Ukrainian human rights lawyer at just 39 years old, Alexandra Matvichuk has devoted her life to protecting democracy. Alexandra and her team at the Center for Civil Liberties, a human rights organization based in Kiev, 
have strived to make Ukraine more democratic and document Russia's war crimes against civilians. Last year, she jointly received the Nobel Peace Prize, the first ever awarded to a Ukrainian citizen or organization. Violence against civilians is a crime against society, democracy, and humanity. Yet it is too often perpetrated with impunity, particularly against women and girls. That's why the work that Alexandra and her organization are doing is so urgent and important. By documenting Russia's atrocities so perpetrators can face prosecution, she is proof that women are not just victims of war. They can also be agents of peace and justice. Number 14, Joe Biden, Driving Change, by Brian Bennett, Times Senior Correspondent. Joe Biden likes to say that it's never a good idea to bet against the American people. Ron Klain, his first chief of staff, has a different take. It is never a good bet to bet against Joe Biden. As he ramps up for a likely re-election campaign, Biden can point to a crowded scorecard of accomplishments. Hundreds of billions of dollars to combat climate change. Capping annual drug costs for Medicare holders. Historic investments in roads, bridges, and broadband access. Ushering the first black woman into the Supreme Court. Passing the first gun control law in a generation. And record appointments to the judiciary. Not to mention reasserting America's position on the world stage by rallying allies around Ukraine six months after the disastrous withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. Yet Biden's polling remains underwater amid an uncertain economy. The irony for Biden is that many of his accomplishments won't be fully felt until years after voters have their say in 2024. Getting that record across will be Biden's charge as he makes his case for a second term. Number 15, Fumio Kishida, Centering Security, by Charlie Campbell, Time Correspondent. When, on March 21st, Fumio Kishida laid a wreath in the stricken Ukrainian town of Bushat, Japan's Prime Minister remarked upon a great anger at the atrocity. Kishida, 65, knows the pain of war. He lost several relatives to the atomic bomb of Hiroshima, his ancestral home, and grew up on stories of their suffering. And so, faced with rising aggression from Russia, China, and North Korea, Kishida has set about revolutionizing Japanese foreign policy, soothing historical grievances with South Korea, boosting defense spending by over 50%, and strengthening security alliances with the United States. At home, he has launched a new model of capitalism to grow the middle class through redistributive policies. Much work remains. Kashida's party has faced criticism for marginalizing the LGBTQ plus community and for close links to a controversial cult. But when Kashida welcomes G7 leaders to Hiroshima in May, he'll do so as head of a resurgent Japan. Number 16, Anthony Albanese, 
Progressive Prime Minister by Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada. Progressives around the world are united in the idea that we should leave no one behind. The idea that no matter who you are or where you come from, you should have every chance to succeed in life. Few politicians embody that journey as Anthony Albanese does. From growing up in public housing to taking office last spring as Australia's new prime minister, he is a symbol of hope and inspiration. He works to lift up and amplify the voices of those who need to be heard from, particularly indigenous peoples. His government supports those who need it most, believes that we need to take ambitious climate action, and unwaveringly supports democracy in the face of unprecedented threat. In a world where people are increasingly uncertain about what the future holds for them and their families, it's easy for politicians to sow fear and division. To choose the path of hope and opportunity takes immense courage, and that courage lives within Anthony Albanese. Number 17, Cindy McCain, Feeding the World, by Catherine Bertini, Managing Director of the Rockefeller Foundation's Food Initiative and former Executive Director of the World Food Program. For decades, Cindy McCain has been passionate about providing support to vulnerable people worldwide. McCain has led efforts against human trafficking, organized medical personnel to provide assistance to war victims, and served on multiple NGO boards, not to mention her work as the American ambassador to the United Nations agencies in Rome. Her experience and commitment will serve her well in her new challenge, leading one of the globe's largest humanitarian organizations, the United Nations World Food Program. Based in Rome, the World Food Program reached over 150 million people in 2022 with life-saving food and nutritional support. McCain's extensive experience will become evident as she provides leadership, managerial direction, and change management, advocacy, fundraising, diplomacy, creativity, collaboration, and compassion to her new role. Cindy McCain now holds one of the toughest and most rewarding jobs in the world. By all accounts, she is up to the task. Number 18, Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva, Back to the Environment, by Al Gore, former Vice President of the United States and founder and chairman of the Climate Reality Project. In the past year, political will for climate action has blossomed. The U.S. made the most significant investment in climate solutions in its history with the Inflation Reduction Act. Australia elected a pro-climate government and committed to greater emissions reductions. And after years of state-sanctioned environmental degradation and destruction, the people of Brazil chose a new path by electing a climate champion in Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva. As president, Lula has pledged to bolster Brazil's standing in the world, renewing the country's commitment to democracy, justice, and economic fairness. But in no other area does he stand to make a more significant impact than on the twin climate and biodiversity crises. 
Brazil is home to one of our planet's most important natural wonders, the Amazon rainforest. After many years of rising deforestation and wildfires, the Amazon is transforming from a carbon sink into a net source of emissions. President Lula has pledged to protect the Amazon, and he has done it before, reducing deforestation by 72% in his previous term. From tackling forest loss to accelerating Brazil's clean energy transition, President Lula's leadership will be critical in this decisive decade for climate action. Number 19, Min Ong Hlaing, Iron-Fisted General by Charlie Campbell, Time Correspondent. During a parade to March Myanmar's Armed Forces Day on March 27th, General Min Ong Hlaing, military tunic festooned with medals, inspected thousands of soldiers from an open-top jeep. The display of pomp was a signal that the 66-year-old's vice-like grip over the nation of 54 million since his February 21 coup d'etat. From his podium, he warned that the pro-democracy rebels he is embroiled in a blood-soaked campaign against would be tackled for good and all. Since the putsch, villages have been terrorized by artillery and air raids, leaving tens of thousands killed and more than a million displaced. Even before he seized power, the United Nations accused him of massacring Rohingya Muslims with genocidal intent. Min Aung Hlaing has returned Myanmar to a pariah state and made it the world's second most authoritarian regime, per the Economist Intelligent Unit's 2022 Democracy Index. Only Taliban rule Afghanistan ranked worse. And number 20, the last one, Gina Riamondo, Bolstering Innovation by Jack Reed, U.S. Senator for Rhode Island. In 1971, my mother had me visit our neighbors to congratulate them on the arrival of their new baby, Gina Maria Ramondo. I had no idea this tiny bundle from a working-class family would become Rhode Island's first female governor and the U.S. Secretary of Commerce. Gina's brilliance, skill, and work ethic fueled her meteoric rise, while her family keeps her grounded. She has always been a fierce competitor, unafraid to tackle thorny issues, and willing to sacrifice her own political fortunes for the greater good. As secretary, she's reviving U.S. manufacturing and rebuilding our technological infrastructure. To return the United States to being the global leader in microchip production, she deftly shepherded the Chips and Science Act through Congress and is building the diverse coalitions needed to supercharge U.S. semiconductor production, fortify supply chains, and strengthen national security. As always, Secretary Raimondo will get the job done credit others, and embrace the next challenge. All right, we move on now to the 15 innovators. Number one, Bob Iger, Steering Storytelling by Mark Barra, CEO of General Motors and a member of Disney's Board of Directors. For 100 years, the Walt Disney Company has entertained, informed, and inspired 
people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling. Bob Iger has guided the company to success for nearly two decades and is one of the best leaders I know. There's a reason Bob remains one of the world's most admired CEOs. He has led landmark acquisitions, championed culture-defining films, launched innovative distribution platforms, and delivered strong financial results, all while never forgetting the people, the employees, and the fans who make it all possible. His return as CEO in 2022 ushered in a new era of transformation and creative excellence for the most magical company on earth. His authenticity and pragmatism set him apart. True authority and true leadership comes from knowing who you are and not pretending to be anything else, he said. I've personally learned so much from his leadership. Number two, Andrew Kutcher, Breakthrough Scientist by Alejandro de la Garza, Time Staff Writer. Nuclear fusion could provide limitless clean energy if scientists can master the tricky physics of smashing hydrogen atoms together. After an August 2021 experiment at the National Ignition Facility in Livermore, California, just barely failed to generate more energy than was put into it, the facility's lead laser engineer approached Andrea Kitchener, the principal experimental designer. The engineers had managed to squeeze a bit more energy out of the gigantic lasers than the facility uses to spark the reaction, and it was up to Critcher to figure out how to use those improvements in service of a dream of generating unlimited emission-free power. After more work, Critcher's insights helped bring about the first ever controlled fusion ignition in December of 2022, a holy grail in physics research that had eluded scientists for decades, and another step on the road to fusion power. Her work is one more example in decades of passionate research from hundreds of scientists, engineers, and technicians that made the fusion breakthrough possible. Number three, Monica Simpson, Fighting for Reproductive Justice by Stacey Abrams, author, activist, and former Democratic minority leader for the Georgia House of Representatives. The devastation of the Dobbs decision, which took away the constitutional right to an abortion, came as a shock for millions last summer, but not Monica Simpson. She was ready. Lack of access to reproductive care, to reproductive justice, has been a fact of life in the South for generations. Yet Monica's groundbreaking leadership transmuted those long-standing egregious attacks into effective organizing and the attempted diminution of black women's lives into a celebration of our strength and demand for equality for all. Through the advocacy organization Sister Song, Monica has delivered an array of creative, discomfiting, and brilliant programs to reset the language of reproductive rights. As state after state hurries to destroy a woman's right to choose, Monica is proof of a woman's right to lead. We daughters of the South and those of good conscience are grateful for her sophistication 
proud of her irreverence for tradition and indebted to her righteousness, and we are a better nation for her work. Number four, Catherine Coleman Flowers, Exposing Inequality by Brian Stevenson, founder of the Equal Just Initiative and author of the book titled Just Mercy. The fertile soil of Alabama's Black Belt has witnessed decades of human suffering. Slavery, sharecropping, segregation, and poverty have thrived on those lands. But the region also gave birth to some of the most determined activists the nation has known. Catherine Coleman Flowers is heir to this legacy. A child of bloody Lowndes County between Selma and Montgomery, she is at the center of the quest for environmental justice in America. Catherine's fight to expose the dirty secret of systemic neglect across the U.S. in places like Lowndes County, where more than 40% of the majority black residents lack access to clean sanitation, has persuaded environmentalists and policymakers to engage more directly with the poor and people of color. In August 2022, in part because of Catherine's work, the Biden administration chose Lowndes as the place to announce the EPA would devote $50 billion to wastewater issues with a focus on underserved communities. She has compelled leaders to address a crisis aggravated by bigotry and poverty, all while keeping her feet firmly planted in the soil of her homeland. Number five, Jared Carmichael, Cerebral Stand-Up by Tiffany Haddish, actress, comedian, and best-selling author. The best aspect of my relationship with Jared Carmichael is that I never have to bite my tongue around him. When I first met him at the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles over a decade ago, I went up to him the moment he got off stage and told him how talented he was. All these years later, I'm glad I'm not the only one who gets to see his greatness. His comedic style stands out because he's cerebral and puts on these intimate sets like audiences saw in Rothaniel, where he works to push the culture forward. It's refreshing. He's the same way offstage. When we get together, we talk about things like human behavior and animals. He's given me some of the sagest advice I've ever received. For that, and our many years as friends, I am forever grateful. Jared has the talent to become a legendary comedian, but he's already a legend in my heart. Number six, Natasha Leone, Magnetic Performer by Taika Waititi, filmmaker and Oscar-winning writer. I first met Natasha Leone at a mutual friend's house after an awards show where she convinced me she'd won a DGA award for directing. She continued this bullshit for about an hour, which either makes her a brilliant liar or me stupid. It's definitely a bit of both. But the more you get to know her, the more you realize that spinning tales and telling stories is in her blood. I am always struck by her confidence, the way she owns and commands whatever space she's in, and how she lures the crowd in close, where she can toy with them. Of course, that's something that also permeates her work. Natasha is always the coolest person in the room. It's not the hair, it's not the voice, 
Well, maybe it's a little bit of the hair and the voice, but mainly she exudes that rare magnetism of old Hollywood where you are immediately drawn to her corner of the room. And she always has her corner. And it's a good corner to be in. Number seven, Nathan Felder, Fielder, Character Study by Emma Stone, Oscar-winning actress. Nathan Fielder finds society fascinating. More than a comedian, he's an observer of human behavior. In his shows, like Nathan For You and The Rehearsal, he minds the absurdities of how people relate to one another and how he relates to them, and it all makes you think, laugh, and then think some more. There's no one like him, which is something people say about their friends, but it's especially true of Nathan. His work definitely stays with you. On our new show, The Curse, I watched him move fluidly between directing, writing, acting, and producing, all while editing the rehearsal. It was a staggering feat. Working with him as a director is fantastic because he's obsessively detail-oriented but never loses sight of the big picture. And he's a truly amazing actor. He could burst into tears or a fit of rage out of nowhere. And it was shunning and stunning because all felt so honest. But our relationship isn't super gushy, so please don't tell Nathan I said any of this. Wakanjira Mathal, Restoring Our World. By Andrew Steer, President and CEO of the Bezos Earth Fund. Wanjira Mathai first fights for justice and the future of Africa. Her weapons are sharp analysis, a love for people, irresistible persuasion, and a huge smile that makes it impossible to say no. For over a decade, I've watched her work her magic in rural communities and international halls of power alike. Throughout, she has focused on restoration of land, livelihoods, and communities. As a managing director at the World Resources Institute and chief Africa advisor to the Bezos Earth Fund, she is shaping NGO and philanthropic work on the continent, directing attention, research, and funding to helping the most climate-vulnerable places and communities. She has led the iconic Greenbelt Movement, pioneered investment in women entrepreneurs in renewable energy, and is driving a movement to restore 100 million hectares of African land. How does she do it? Wanjira would say the secret may lie in the African concept of Ubuntu, our shared humanity. Working together is what allows us to change the world. Number nine, Sean Sherman, Tastemaker, by Padma Lakshmi, Emmy-nominated producer and host. When we were filming the indigenous episode in our first season of Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshmi, everyone was interviewed within the community named Sean Sherman as the one to speak to. Sean has had a major impact on revitalizing and revolutionizing native cuisine in the United States, including through his Minneapolis-based restaurant, Owamni, 
which has expanded with the work of his nonprofit North American Traditional Indigenous Food Systems. He has galvanized a new generation of indigenous chefs to honor their culinary heritage and to decolonize their diets. Through Sean's work, which is truly about so much more than food, he brings a deep sense of pride and identity to the indigenous community, the importance of which can't be overstated. Sean has inspired many people, myself included, to become more curious about native communities, the beauty of their dishes, and the importance of eating harmoniously with Mother Nature. He is a powerful force of good in the culinary world and beyond. Number 10, Daimi Ogoina, Sounding the Alarm, by Anne Ramoyne, Professor of Epidemiology at UCLA. In 2017, when Dr. Nimi Organi sounded the alarm on a new presentation of MPOX, pre- formerly known as monkeypox, that he was seeing in his home country of Nigeria, the world wasn't ready to listen. Recognizing the importance and potential implications for global spread, he persisted, documenting the potential for sexual transmission of MPOX and publishing the data in high-impact scientific journals. As the global MPOX outbreak unfolded in 2022, Dimi's insights became critically important to developing better strategies to prevent and control outbreaks. Dimi also is also a passionate champion for global health equity. He has often made the point that MPOX is not a new disease, and that had the world paid attention sooner, we could have avoided a global outbreak. It is this drive that has led Dimi to make significant contributions to the field throughout his advocacy, leadership, and research. Number 11, Igeswiatek, Top Competitor, by Michaela Schifrin, Alpine skiing champion who holds the record for most World Cup wins. When Igeswiatek plays tennis, three things come to mind. Beauty, power, and truth. Throughout her rise to the top of tennis and the top of sport, Iga has shown vulnerability and courage. She strives relentlessly to improve her game. She gives credit to those who have supported her without discounting her own skills and work. She has advocated for mental health and supported Ukrainians in their fight to protect their home. As an athlete, and more importantly, as a human, she embodies the kind of confidence that everyone should emulate, the confidence of action over mere talk. To rise to the top of tennis with the limited resources she had coming from Poland is remarkable. She has ignited a nation and given the next generation a reason to believe they can also achieve something incredible. She reminds us all, that it's okay to feel disappointment, and it's also okay to feel proud of ourselves. When Ega walks out on the court, she puts her eye on the ball, and she doesn't let it stray. Number 12, Kate Orff, Resilient by Design, by Jean Gang, an architect. Historically, landscape architecture was concerned with the composition of private gardens. But Kate Orff is a landscape architect who's never been hemmed in by garden walls, 
seeking instead to liberate landscape to do nothing less than repair our warming planet through design. In fact, to call her a landscape architect seems insufficient, since it implies she works only on land. Not true. For 10 years, Kate has been leading Living Breakwaters, an ongoing project to reduce the risks that storm surges pose to the coast of Staten Island and revive its living ecosystem at the same time. This spring, they will complete work on five of the eight breakwaters, including the first with reef ridges. Her collaborators include engineers and architects as well as non-human creatures like oysters, all working together to help regenerate a thriving habitat. As with Rachel Carson, Kate's ecological vision contains a larger environmental ethic to help people protect biodiversity and adapt to climate change. By rallying communities to participate in her restorative nature-based projects, she shows us how landscape can also help repair a fractured society. And number 13, Hillian Mbappe. Lightning Fast Scorer by Vivian Walt, Times Correspondent in Paris. France's newly minted soccer captain is not one to hide his emotions. In December, two days before his 24th birthday, the world watched as he, as he slumped devastated on the pitch in Qatar, having scored three goals, but missing out on his second World Cup victory. Crouching awkwardly beside him in comfort was French President Emmanuel Macron. Like Kylian Mbappe's devout fans, Macron knows he is more than a soccer genius. He is a living rags-to-riches fairy tale. A kid raised in Paris's tough suburbs, Mbappe rocketed to global fame by winning the 2018 World Cup at just age 19. Mbappe weighed a nine-figure transfer from Paris, St. Germain, to Real Madrid last year. Macron called and begged him to stay for the sake of France. Mbappe stayed at PSG. Despite his incredible celebrity, Mbappe has three home truths from his mom that keep them him grounded. Respect, humility, and lucidity. He has a realistic view of fame, and even in 19, he knew it can be fickle. We can be the best, and in four years, you're forgotten, he told me then. No chance of that now. And number 14, Sarah Kate Ellis, LGBTQ rights champion by Patrick Arquette. Oscar-winning actress. As president and CEO of GLAAD, Sarah Kate Ellis is one of the most important voices in modern politics, full stop. She has long fought to ensure that people have equal rights under the law. In a position like hers, it's not enough to be just smart, well-meaning, or a hard worker. She has that star quality, that X factor that makes people listen when she speaks. Amid the introduction of more than 450 anti-LGBTQ bills in 2023 alone, Sarah Kate has made clear 
how this type of legislation negatively impacts the LGBTQ community and causes violence. After the mass shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs last year, I saw her educate people through the press about how hateful rhetoric has led to a sharp increase in anti-LGBTQ crimes. LGBTQ people have always been treated by some as different and fearsome. And Sarah Kate, through her work and her beautiful example, has long stood up for what is right. Number 15. Hidetaka Miyazaki, game-changing creator by Neil Druckmann, a video game developer. The first time I played one of Hideka Miyazaki's games, I was miserable. I kept dying on the first enemy over ever and over again. But when I slowed down my approach, paying attention to the details, it all of a sudden clicked. I managed to defeat the enemy and advance further into the game. I earned my progress and felt a sort of rush. And as I moved forward in the game, I was much more deliberate, careful in how I explored this world. In return, the world rewarded me with tension, beauty, and surprises. That's why Elden Ring, his massively popular 2022 hit, is a great ambassador for video games and the unique feeling they can affect in the player. Feelings that a passive medium like TV can never recreate. Miyazaki's games make the player feel accomplished and smart, and it's all thanks to his and his team's uncompromising approach. He refuses to overexplain the mechanics of or the lore but rather puts his, his trust in the player to figure it out on their own. And we will stop there for today's podcast. And I have been reading uh, from the Times 100 Most Influential People from the May 1st, 2023 issue of Time magazine. Again, I remind you that you have been listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired, and materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authorities and publishers. No authorized use or duplication is permitted. Again, my name is Nancy Porter, and it's my pleasure to share Time Magazine with you.